question for you to get started. Can you think of the name of the company that produces the content that you consume the most on the internet? For me, the answer is starting strength. Second question, can you think of another company or a brand that produces the highest quality content of all the content you consume? For me, that's starting strength. So I show my support by subscribing to the network. It's $8 a month. You can sign up at network.startingstrength.com. If you can afford it, if it's no big deal, if eight bucks a month is a lot of money, don't sweat it and just keep listening for free. Uh, speaking of the rich and the poor, if you're the former, you might be able to afford our gyms. But the good news is the first session's free. It's a free 30-minute coaching session. And if you mention this ad spot at any participating gym, you will get a free 30-minute coaching session. So those are our ads. We are sponsored by ourselves. On with the show. Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. Andrew Lewis is back today. He's a starting strength coach. He's the owner of Starting Strength Indianapolis. He is actually inside his gym, even though it looks like a green screen. He is actually inside his gym. Um, we're recording this in March of 2023. It'll probably come out in the summer. Uh, you'll be open by then, Andrew, I think. Um, Andrew wanted to come on because somebody on the forum asked about logbooks from starting strength coaches, was curious if any starting strength coach kept great records. Andrew's an engineer, so naturally he kept great records. We thought we would review some of the interesting tidbits from his logbook from training over the years. And uh, this has some relevance to the, the gym's company because obviously it's training related, but as a lot of you know, we invested in a digital logbook app. We built our own digital logbook app uh, when the, the franchise started. And the reason for that is because we are the only national fitness franchise that guarantees measurable results. And so we measure our results. And we're about to launch a new website. And this new website, which uh, should be up by the time this podcast comes out, startingstrengthgyms.com, will have a widget on it. And that widget will allow you to select your age and your sex um, and will spit out how much stronger you can get, ex how much stronger you can expect to get over time based on the averages from your peers. So that'll be interesting. And then we're also working on a, a dashboard, which will first launch internally just to test all the data and make sure it's being displayed correctly. But we'll be able to slice and dice the uh, progress made per age group, per sex, per gym, across multiple gyms, across all the gyms. And we should be able to extrapolate some interesting insight from that. And Andrew, by the way, when, uh, when that does launch internally for testing, I'm going to ask you and Brent Carter to take a close look because you, you are the, the types of minds that I'd like to to pick that stuff apart before, um, before we release it to the public. So, nice. um, so Andrew, why don't you give us a quick update on, uh, where you're at with your gym opening and then let's start talking numbers. Awesome. So, uh, which by the way, I think that being able to compare your own demographics to the demographics of people who have had success stories, who have had made progress, that's going to be 
su- such an amazing tool uh, that people are going to be able to have that people are going to be able to show to their their loved ones, their friends, uh, to, to show them what kind of results they can get to that. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, as far as the starting strength and animals is concerned, you know, we have a space now I'm inside of it. It used to be a different uh, company and they kind of left it as is after, uh, trying to try to sell off a lot of their stuff. Uh, they left kind of the remainder and we're actually about to build out. So tomorrow is going to be day one of, um, the contractor demo. I did a lot of work on my own, trying to tear stuff out. Uh, get rid of cabinets, things like that, that people have left just to, um, uh, save some, save some time on the contractor side to just throw stuff out. And, uh, the response uh, has been really, really helpful on that. People have, people were really happy to get, you know, $50 units of, of stuff that I just needed gone, you know, um, that retail for like two grand. But, uh, so we're starting demo tomorrow. Uh, I'm really excited about that. But, you know, in the meantime, I've actually been coaching people out of my garage gym. And, you know, we already have right now, we have 12 in-person members who have been training consistently and they are uh, just the response from the community as far as the people who have come in, like the people in Indianapolis are super nice. The people in Indiana seem to be just very kind. Uh, Everyone's very generous and giving and friendly. And I've been like, I always say, I say this to my clients all the time, our members all the time that like, I can't believe that I get to do what I do. It really is like, if, if, if I help you out with something and you say, thanks, I say it's my pleasure. And I really mean that because like the fact that I'm allowed to do this is insane to me (laughs) that I can help people make themselves stronger. And it's something I'm good at. And it's something I like to improve on. Um, and I can, you know, I can make a living off of it. It's, it's crazy. It's mind blowing to me. And, um, you know, even in, in the last couple of months, the, the, seeing the effect I've had, my coaching has had on these people's lives has been, it is it, just every time it's some, every time something happens, as far as milestones, it reminds me why I do what I do. Um, you know, I had a guy stuck at a 155 squat. He just hit 262 and a half for three yesterday. And he was, he was over the moon about it. He was so excited. And, uh, and it really is like my pleasure. And it's a privilege to be able to serve, um, to serve these, these people and, and who have become my friends and become, you know, my customers and everything. And I'm just so excited to take this to scale with the gym being open. Um, which we're looking at a, a June opening date. I'm going to have to get some some more official uh, dates on that uh, as we kind of um, as we kind of lock in, you know, the timeline and everything. But we ha- we have a pretty good timeline right now. I just don't want to announce anything yet. But June is looking uh, pretty firm. Hell yeah! Uh, but not a specific date or anything. So man, I'm I, I can't express. You know, I've been I've been doing this since 2016, and I've been doing it professionally since 2019. And to be able to open a strength training gym here is um, yeah, it just blows my mind that I like it's physically possible. The fact that like I live in a time where I can actually do this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Life is good. I remember when you were working your engineering job and wanting to make the jump to to start coaching full time, you were pretty nervous about it. Naturally, you had a good career. You had to spend a lot of time getting an education so that you could uh, perform that job to, to task. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you made the risky decision to basically start over. Um, and, yep. um, you did that Pretty really much. well and you grew, you grew your business, you opened a gym in Ohio. Um, and then you ended up buying starting strength Indianapolis from us. And here you are sitting in your gym, um, already getting to know the members, already making them stronger, already helping them in their day-to-day lives. And, uh, you're a few months away from being a gym owner and, and the head coach at the gym too, which is a great way to, mm-hmm. to, uh, conserve cash, especially in the early days. So congratulations, man. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And, 
and that'll all come out. Like, like you said, I had a pretty, I had a pretty good career and I don't, I don't regret a lot of what I did and the job that I took on. Um, but on balance, this is, this is much, much better. Hell yeah. Excellent. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I was, I was so stressed out getting out of that. And then I remember like, I was like losing my mind the last week of my employment at the steel mill. And then like, I remember it was like the second week or something in the second or third week that I was on my own. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to, I can do this. This is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I just never looked back. Hell yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was on Twitter the other day looking at someone complaining about, uh, feeling like shit on a Monday. So I clicked on the guy's profile and he's an SVP at a big company. And he was asking basically like, how do I, how do I not feel like shit on Mondays? It's like, well, don't be an SVP at a company. That's a, that's a start. Um, so this whole, you know, going off and doing your own thing and, uh, being in control of your destiny and, and doing things the way you want to do them is, um, it's a lot more fulfilling. It's a lot more fulfilling than the other way. I, I totally agree with you. So I feel, I feel grateful and lucky to be able to do this as well. It's uh, it's a good time. I mean, shit, I coach once a week for free just cause I enjoy doing it. Right. Um, <laughs> you can't help yourself, right? You just see it and you gotta go, you gotta go do something about it. <laughs> well, and also I, I can't, I can't, uh, I don't feel right. Um, keeping the credential if I'm not actually coaching on a regular basis. I'm, right. That I'm, makes sense. You know, I need to keep my skills sharp and continue to learn. Um, Hit Absolutely. us with uh, with one interesting story from a member and how you've helped them, and then we'll get into the logbook data. So actually, I think my um, I have a really good story from um, someone in Tulsa. Do you want me to, Do you want me to tell a, an Indianapolis story? Up to you. There's a, this one always comes to mind. Yeah, up to you. Yeah. So uh, I have this story from a woman in Tulsa, and I remember it was uh, it was her her like third third or fourth session, I think. And, and she was, she was a little older and she was, she was relatively weak, you know, but she wasn't like, um, she wasn't like an assisted living or anything like that. You know, she was just kind of weak. And, and she came in her second, her second week, it was like her third or fourth session. And she was, she was like, Oh my God, like I had such a good weekend. You know, normally like I get out of the, I get out of my car in the parking lot to go get groceries. And, um, I am like worried about where do I step? I have to be careful about where I step, how I get out of my car. And I'm like concerned about that as I go into the grocery store. And this weekend I got out of the, I got out of my car and I went right into the doors. And that was that it was matter of fact, it was like, I didn't even have to think about it. And like, that sounds so, um, like basic, you know, to, to younger people who are, who are, are capable and strong and who don't have to worry about those things. But that makes a huge difference in someone's life. that They have that confidence to be able to just, just go do stuff and not think about those kinds of concerns. Uh, I had a woman um, yesterday who just started and she was having some uh, elbow pain on her first day on Saturday, uh, three days ago. And she was, uh, she was like, I got some elbow pain. I kind of hurt myself doing something else um, at, uh, I can't remember what she said. She was, she was doing something around the house or something. And I was like, oh, well, when, like when you deadlift today, that will probably actually help a little bit. And, and I didn't explain it, but basically like, you know, the isometric, uh, nature of the forearm muscle use and the deadlift can actually be kind of uh, rehabilitating because it actually gets use without going through that change in length. And she came in yesterday and she was like, Oh, I couldn't like, I was in pain for like a week or two. And when I came in and you said like, it might feel better after we deadlift today, it totally did. And it just feels way better today. And I'm sure after her session, uh, last night, uh, Monday, she's going to feel even better than she did. So like a lot of those little stories I think are just, are just like super important. And that's what, that's what gets me through, you know, it's hearing, hearing that kind of stuff. Hell yeah, man. So. 
Um, okay, so let's start looking into your your logbook data. Why don't we start with your PRs? Yeah. What uh, what what are your all time personal records on each of the lifts? So for the squat, it's five thir- uh, five fifteen for single. Deadlift is six ten for a single. Press is two eighty five for a single, and uh, she can't remember. <laughs> bench is uh, bench is uh, three. Uh, 90 for a single. Yeah, that's right. 390 for a single. I got it here. Um, let's, let's talk. And I definitely, and, and he goes, uh, we're talking about someone who was, yeah, he doesn't even deadlift 600. <laughs> yeah. Such a rip burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nice numbers, man. Those are solid. Um, JD yeah, Thomason I'm, is I'm right on your heels with, with the squat. Your deadlift is, uh, where it needs oh, to yeah. be. Um, beastly. That's a hell of a press, man. 285. And then, you're getting ready to touch up on four plates on the bench. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually getting. I'm. I'm definitely eyeing it up. It's coming. It's coming soon. Height and body. I, I can definitely tell by the. Um, right now, I'm two twenty eight mm-hmm. pounds, and I am five nine and three quarters. Hmm. You know, I had to fight for that. <laughs> so uh, I'm the king of the manlets, and uh, but that's okay. You know, that's a fine height. Uh, which is actually is funny because every single one of my male members at the the gym at the garage gym, starting drinking apples, everyone here is over six foot. Hmm. Every single man is over six foot here. It's the craziest thing. You're in the Midwest. I got some guys who are six 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 foot. I know it's, but but even when I was in Ohio, it wasn't like that. Right. It's all I don't know what it is. It's this beef and corn, man. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm up 405. It's it's coming. It's just a matter of time for yeah. sure. Hell yeah, man. And. Uh, Take us back to day one in your logbook. Where did you start? So the, the earliest recording I have is when I read the book in 2010. Um, and I, I wish I had some stuff from when I was screwing around in high school, which that's what it was. It was screwing around. And when I was the, the I remember the very, I remember the very first lift I ever did, which was the bench press as a 15 year old. And I remember doing like three sets of 10 and then coming in the next time and thinking like, okay, well, I should do it a little bit heavier than last time. Like something about LP like already made sense, even though I was doing it for 10s, right? Mm. Um, but in 2010, I had read the book and I had started the program and I even built like these stupid squat stands out of five gallon buckets, cement and two by fours. And, that, and, I, and then I got, I inherited uh, or my uncle had given me because uh, he just wanted it out of his garage some, some, uh, a barbell, some plates and a tree and some other stuff. So I was doing that and I did LP. I did, I did LP as best I could with the, the information that I had at hand as a, as a 19 year old, uh, young man. And, uh, I gave it a good effort and I ended at a, a, a three fifteen squat for, for three sets of five. And, um, where, where did you I, start? I don't sorry. know if it was high. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the first uh, squat I did was one fifteen for three sets of five. What about your other lifts? Yep. Um, I don't have those actually recorded. I have the end of the LP recorded. I ended uh, uh, the deadlift at, uh, at 395. I ended the press at, uh, I think it was like, it was uh, 125. It was pretty low. And then I benched up to 185. Got um, so, yeah, and I was screwing, I was screwing up all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Your LP squat ended where? 315. 315. Okay. So you're, um, your deadlift was is quite a bit further along than than mine was at the LP. The rest of your numbers are uh, are pretty close. My upper body was slightly ahead of yours. Um, what was it about 
how did you drive the deadlift up or are you, you just have good leverages for it? Um, I just always like, I think, I don't know what it is. There's something about the deadlift that I just like, like doing. Hmm. And I don't think there's a mechanical reason why I don't think there's a mechanical reason to explain that difference. I think it's a psychological one. I am scared of squatting. Hmm. Like even back then, like back then I was like scared of squatting. I've made myself do it. But deadlifting, I was, it's just, oh, you just, you know, it's, it's on the ground. You pick it up. Like if you, if you mess it up, you're not going to die. So I think it was far more psychological. And especially as a young man who was like, and, I, and this was like a part of my psychology at the time was I was like forcing myself to do difficult, stressful, painful, um, arduous things to, to grow myself, to make myself more resilient to that kind of stuff. And this, and this is just, this is another example. So I was forcing myself to squat. And, um, and I, I think that's why there was such a big discrepancy. Yep. Um, in addition to the fact that I had this perpetual thing where like I would deload my squat because I thought I was doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I would just reset like, well, I'm not doing the technique right. And I don't want to push it up for no reason. But with the deadlift, as long as I set my back and push, I didn't care. I just kept exactly. going. Yeah. It's probably a reflection of my poor programming. Um, what, what were you doing at the end of LP? Well, were you doing, you know, eight to 10 minute rest between sets? How, how far did you stretch things? No, I, I only did five. And I guarantee you if I had done more, it would have, it would have gone better. But I, I remember that I have it so clearly in my mind that last set of five squats because I told myself I'm going to hit 315 for three sets of five and then I'm going to take a break hmm. and I'm going to do something else. <laughs> you know, that was what I told myself. And that's exactly what I did. And that let me push through. But man, I got done with that last set of that last rep. That was a slow last rep that is burned into my memory of uh, the gym I was at, which no longer exists in the form it was. And, and um, yeah. And, uh, and after that, I just screwed around. Yep. You know, I just, I just stopped doing the program basically, even though I could have. And if I had gone to eight minute rests, if I had gone to nine minute rests, if I had eaten more, which was another thing, I didn't want to gain the kind of weight I needed to do until many years later. I was, I was scared of, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, getting fat. And I, and the other part of it was, I just didn't, I didn't understand what the book meant when it said gain weight. Same. I understood, I understood I need to gain weight. I didn't know what that meant. Sure. Same. And I was not, I was not particularly underweight. Like, you know, I was, I was 190, which is not, not horribly underweight for a guy who's five, nine. Yeah. Um, but it still wasn't enough. And I didn't, I, I didn't appreciate the severity that, that the book meant. Got it. The degree, you know? So, um, did you do, um, drop sets, light day, that kind of thing on your, on your LP or none of that? Yep. No, yeah. no, I, I went straight up to 315. L, straight LP. Um, and the, the other thing that I screwed up that a friend of mine helped me out with was um, I did not taper my reps in my warmups until oh. I stalled at like 260. You were doing yeah. fives all so the I way So I stalled up. at 260 all the way up. Gotcha. And I remember telling my buddy who was much more experienced at weightlifting than me, I said, I don't know what's going on, man. Like I just stalling out. Like I've, I'm failing like the, the, the first set and then I rest five minutes and the next sets are fine. And he was like, well, how much are you resting in between? Uh, or no, sorry, how much are you resting? How, how, what does your like workout look like? And I explained it. And he was like, yeah, you're doing fives all the way up. Why don't you try tapering the reps as you go up? Hmm. I did it and it worked. Crazy, nice. crazy that the yeah. book Wild. tells you, something, you know, says something. So what did you do that? after LP? How long were you messing around before you uh, decided to get back to training? Uh, about two years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and something, 
you know, something I kind of want to, I want to get out front is like the, there's a couple of lessons that I learned throughout this entire process. And, um, these are going to be absolutely shocking to you, Ray. Mm. The first one is consistency matters. Mm. The second one is that technique really matters. Mm. And the third one is about me personally, which is that I tend to push myself harder than I need to, mm. to my own detriment to a degree. Better than the and other so way So you're going to see those. Yeah, I, th- I think so, yeah. for sure. Uh, I'd much rather be in a position than I am than the other way around. But you're going to see this. You're going to see these three come up throughout the course of this discussion. And, and I wasn't consistent. I was screwing around. I was doing CrossFit for two years between, you know, 2000, uh, 2011 and 2012 um, until I you know, later in 2012, I had started, I did another LP, but I was doing, you know, I was doing uh, one lift, one heavy lift of each of the main lifts. And then I was doing a Metcon, mm. you know, and I was doing like, I was doing like 30 snatches at like 95 pounds. Yeah. Like, like, oh. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. You know, I was I, doing a, I did the exact same yeah. thing after my LP. I, I was like, you know, this CrossFit thing doesn't make sense, but it's so popular. Maybe it does create results and I'm already strong. So what happens if I do CrossFit when I'm strong? I got weaker and fatter and, and sore. Um, yep. So I learned really that there. But I have to try things myself. That's just the way that I operate. Oh, yeah. Um, and it is fun. Yeah. It's fun to push yourself. I mean, yourself. it's fun to do, honestly. Sure. It's fun to, yeah. uh, to but learn I remember, techniques. Yeah. I remember being at the I remember being at the box. And um, this is one I wasn't, I didn't usually go to. And I remember we, did, we had to do 30 deadlifts for time with some other, with box jumps and something else in. And I remember thinking, okay, set your back, push to the floor. Don't worry about the time on these. You'll, you'll make it up in break. As long as I don't do a break on these deadlifts, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to make up. That's how I'm going to make up the time. And I remember seeing this guy next to me, you know, he would, he would just rip it off the ground, bounce them, rounded back. Uh, and then he would do like a five minute break and then try it again. And, it, and I remember watching it like, there's gotta be, there has to be a smarter way to do this. Mm. And it turns out there is so. Mm. But that, that, that was the moment that broke me that I was like, I need to get back to LP. Yeah. I need to get back to starting strength. So what did you do upon your return? Another LP? I did another LP. Um, Where did and that one start? I, that one, I don't have that recorded. Okay. But I do know what I ended it with. I do know that I, I tail-ended it into Texas Method. Um, and at the time, I didn't understand the idea of transitioning LP into <laughs> Texas Method. I do remember this. So... I did do a light day. I remember doing light days, so heavy, light, heavy, light for the LP. And then I just hard transitioned into Texas method. And, and the reason I got away with it, the reason it worked was because I was 21 at the time and I was drinking a lot of milk and calories. And uh, that, was, that was how I got away with it. And At least you did I the Texas finished, method. I, uh, I, I switched to 531. Yes. So that, uh, that didn't go well. Sorry, continue your thoughts. Yeah, and I, I well, five through one's going to come up yeah. <laughs> eventually in here. I, I can't remember where it is. Uh, and it, actually, I might have gone through it in 2011, but I did it so briefly, it didn't matter. Because hmm. um, I got weaker in the span of two months, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? You know, what the hell's going on? Sorry. Um, so I've been Texas Method on this for podcast. Eight- it's all right. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. yeah. So in, uh, I did Texas Method for 18 months. 18 consecutive months. Jesus. I got my squat up to uh, 415 for a single. Um, I don't have everything else recorded, but I know it was kind of on par with what is kind of typical. So 
you know, probably a 455 deadlift and my press is probably 185. I, I never got the hip movement in the press until much later. Mm. Uh, and so my, my press was always kind of lagging behind, mm-hmm. um, or at least limited compared to what it could have been. So, uh, that was, that was early in the fall of uh, 2014 that I finished that up. And then I was just, uh, I was just kind of tired all the time and it just stopped working and I needed, I needed something to change, you know? So I started doing, um, uh, Olympic lifting, which I really liked. Actually, I did unironically like that. Hmm. Um, and part of the reason I switched to that and part of the reason I needed a change was because I was squatting so deep that my lumbar would relax into the bottom. And I, uh, my back was in a lot of pain from just basically repeatedly minorly tweaking my lumbar, my lumbar muscles. During and so, um, and I remember, or, or during, uh, no, no, no. This is when I, I was, fi- I was finishing Texas method. Um, or I'd reset Texas method down to five. And I was just like, this is too, like, I need to stop doing this to myself because I'm messing my back up and I don't know why. Right. I later discovered it's cause I was squatting too deep. Right. So I very briefly kind of like rehabbed that and like took it easy. And then I switched to, uh, Olympic lifting from there. Um, and I had gotten, Olympic lifting programming from a USAW coach and some, and some coaching from him. And that did not go well. Hmm. And I got weaker in the process and I uh, developed some really bad, uh, lifting in my opinion, some really bad Olympic lifting habits. Uh, the main one is that you're supposed to like jam your hips into the bar when you clean and when you snatch, like, like you're fucking the bar up into position. Well, guess what happens when you do that? The bar loops forward and you have to overcome that moment arm later and it creates inefficiency. So I had to do some, some undo some bad habits from that. And I was also just doing a bunch of random nonsense with, uh, with that. And, um, so sorry, you're saying, you're saying that your Olympic weightlifting coach was suggesting that you don't pull the bar in a straight line. That That is correct. Oh, okay. All right. That is accurate. And that's on, I mean, that's on par with the USAW uh, paradigm that you, they, that you don't pull on a straight line, but that's not, he was not, uh, he was not coaching a non-vertical bar path in that part. He was coaching the hip thrust and then the unintended consequence was that it looped forward, but I was still doing, I was still doing the two vertical back. Can you see my hand, my arm? Yep. I don't know if you can see this. It, I was still doing like two upright in the setup and I was doing an S curve. So in that sense, he was coaching a non-vertical bar path, but I don't think he was, he was not coaching me to thrust my hips into the bar in order to create a non-vertical bar path. That was just the, the logical consequence of that happening. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think he was just trying to get me to extend my hips really aggressively. And that ended up being that, you know, I literally hit the bar with my pelvis and that sent the bar forward. So, sure. uh, so that didn't go well, but I did have a lot of fun as I mentioned with CrossFit, uh, that was a good time. And then, um, you know, after that I got back in, I, again, I did another LP and that's actually something I'm like proud of that. I recognized that I didn't need to go right into intermediate programming. Um, after switching from a, a, a program that I shouldn't have been doing or from doing nothing. Mm. Um, and I, I ended that, I ended that year, uh, with, a 375 squat for a single, a 235 clean and jerk, a 170 snatch, a 435 deadlift, and a 155 press, all of which, except 
don't know, all of those of which are uh, lower than when I was when I had finished Texas Method, of course. Your press um, was really lagging behind uh, in proportion yeah. to your other lifts, and now your press is uh, is beastly. So what what was the thing that changed about your um, your programming, I suppose, that or, or and or your technique that got you to oh, no, the, drive up your press? The technique. Yeah. The technique. I figured out how to do the hip movement because I went to a seminar. Hmm. And they taught the hip movement, and I finally got it. I could not figure the thing out um, when I was uh, trying to do it on my own just from the book. And then I went to the seminar, and they fixed a lot of stuff at the seminar. The first seminar I went to, I met Sully and Chris Carisco in East Lansing. And that was in uh, 2015. It was August, summer of 2015. And that was, that was quite the experience. I, I opted in for that. <laughs> I opted in for that. I remember uh, there were like 10 people and half of us were going to opt in. And, and Rip goes, this is bullshit. We are not doing this for free anymore. We are adding in an opt-in fee. Nice. And, uh, and I talked to, and, and he was absolutely, for the record, he was absolutely right. Yeah. We had no business testing, none at all. All five of us. He talked, he talked two of us out of, out of, of those five. He talked two of us out of testing. And, the, and then I talked to Sully and I was like, Hey, like, what, what do you think? Cause I've been, I've been coaching a little bit, which was sort of a lie, honestly. Um, I said, I've been coaching a little bit and I've been coaching jujitsu and gymnastics. And I, I understand, I think I understand the model. So I know how people move and I, I know how to coach movement, but I don't know about this. And, 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 um, after we had kind of talked, it hit, basically his advice was like, like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, it's, it sounds like you are ambivalent. Uh, in the sense that I don't know what to pick, you know, there's obviously there's positive as a negative for both. And at the end, what I decided was, well, if it's the last opt-in for free, I just, just go for it. Sure. I had no business opting <laughs> in, none. I had no idea what I was doing. However, however, none at all. if you're anything like me, you probably assumed it was like most domains of life where you can kind of just figure it out as you go and, uh, and, and do pretty well. No. Not, not, not the SSC. No. Not the and SSC. I knew, yeah. And I knew after I knew by the, the the second bar set, I was not going to pass any of. The, I was not going to even sort of pass any of the lifts, and, mm. and I was not going to pass the whole thing. Yep. There was, and I just knew it. I could just tell. Mm -hmm. You know, I could I could see what Chris Carisco and, and what Sully were doing, and I knew there's no way. Yep. There's no way. And I was and I was talking too much. And, uh, it was, it was not, it was not good. Cause there's an actual method and, and there's so. standards. So you can't just, uh, figure it out on the fly. Um, and, and the thing, like, I'm, I'm like, I know how to study and I know how to learn stuff. And so like, I, I'd always known the method and all the theoretical stuff before I ever accrued the experience. Hmm. Like some people have it the other way around. Um, and that's not as common in like, in like the, the, when the, the the credential was a little newer and even when i was like there it was it was still that was still relatively new in the timeline of everything and um so i could like understand it and i'm just watching it and i'm like i don't know what to do mm. i don't know how to fix this thing but i understood i understood what a squat was supposed to be and i could explain it and i could convince someone that squatting was the right thing to do and that you need to do it this i could explain all the theoretical stuff and i couldn't coach at all mm -hmm. and that was the problem Yep. You know, so there's a difference between, uh, understanding and, uh, or having an impression of something and then being able to perform it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Absolutely. so 
So uh, hit me with some interesting stats along the way. What what are some what are some insights you can glean from your your logbook data? So the the main thing I noticed, and, and by the way, like the rest of this is kind of just more of the same. I, I made marginal improvements in my lifts, and then um, I did some stupid stuff, and I didn't really start training training until um, I didn't really start actually training until 2018 mm. at like consistently like 2018 was where I decided and you know Luke said something in a previous podcast he said there comes a time with with a lot of people where they decide that lifting is not optional mm-hmm. it is who they are it's a part of their life it's like you you wouldn't go you wouldn't go three days without eating right right you wouldn't it's the same thing and 2018 is when I decided lifting is not optional. And that's when I started training for real. Nice. Um, and, and along the way I learned, you know, a couple different things. I learned how important the technique is, how important it is to get eyes on your own technique. Even if you don't have a coach watching your own lifts on video tells you something, even again, even if you're not a coach, even if you don't show it to a coach, even if you have, you barely have an understanding of what the model kind of is, mm. it still teaches you something. It still gives you feedback on how your lifting is. And you need that. You need some form of feedback, whether that is a, a, an in-person coach or an online coach or you watching your own videos. You have to have that. It's better than, it's absolutely better than not having it. And if you can't afford so a coach, the, you can always post your videos online. We've got a forum, yep. startingstrength.com, you know. Um, yep. But it is important. Absolutely. Even if you don't pay for it, it's you critical. find a way to get eyes on your technique. Yep. The, the technique side, I cannot explain adequately. Like the same way I said, I didn't understand the, how important the food was, the, the, the actual implication. Mm-hmm. I cannot express to someone how critical the difference between the wrong amount of hip drive and the right amount of hip drive will affect your linear progression. Mm-hmm. It might be the difference between you adding another 65 pounds over the next month and you switching to intermediate programming right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how severe some of these critical elements are and how important the technique is. So that was, that was one of the main things I learned. Um, the other thing is I, I just, I, I learned that over things get in the way and that's a normal part of life and you can't avoid that. So, you know, if you, when you have these life events, you can't get super stressed out or you can, but you know, just understand it's, it's natural you can't get an unbroken 10 years of consistent training. Things happen. Um, the, the things that happened to me were I got really stressed out at work. Uh, I got shingles. Um, and then I trained the next day anyway. And then I got off of SSRIs at one point, which got really got in the way. And when I would overwork myself, I would get hurt. And that was one of the, the big things that I learned from this analysis. Was, like It just did not occur to me. Every time, almost every time I've had an interruption in my lifting from progress, it's because I worked myself into the ground, which Brent Carter told me I was doing Hmm. and I didn't listen. And he was absolutely right. And I didn't listen until later. And, uh, and then I had to reset and I had to figure, and I had to, I broke myself and then I'd reset and I'd break myself and it, and it might not have been lifting. Uh, it might've been lifting. Like I did. I hurt my adductor when I, on two hours of sleep, squatted 455 from five sets of five. Mm. And um, that was not ideal. Uh, and, and that was, 
and I should have been more prudent. I should have realized that, that was not a good idea. You know, and I'm a, I'm a coach for God's sake. I should, I should have been able to see this and I couldn't, I couldn't help, but just beat my head into the wall and, and choose, choose to do it. <laughs> I'm a lot more reasonable uh, with uh, programming for members and clients than I am for myself. And so I, I outsource yes. my programming. Um, cause I keep, um, yep. I keep beating myself to a pulp. I keep pushing too hard. And so I've got, I've got Will, he was helping me with my rehab when I had neck surgery. And now Will Morris is just my coach because, uh, he says that the key for my success is load management, which is a nice way of saying, you know, don't be an idiot and, uh, go balls to the wall yep. every single time you train, you know? Um, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And that this is specific to me. A lot of people can and should go balls yeah. to the wall every time they train, but based on I, my background and where I'm at in my training, uh, it's not, it's not a sustainable situation. What, um, what's the point of all this? What is it? What has it done for you? Has it been, has it been worth it? Uh, you know, it's part of your life now. Why? What, what is the, what is the motivation uh, for you? This st- all this stuff. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Lifting. Man. Yeah. And you can see, you can see where I actually got serious by the notebooks, the ones that are actually the ones that are more bare bones and even express like how helpful to my life it's been. Again, it's not, it's like having food. It's like having water. Mm. I can't go without it. I would, and if, and if lift, if barbells didn't exist, I would be doing something to, to get the same thing I get out of this. Um, you know, the physical stuff is obvious. Like I am, I am less injury prone. Um, in fact, I've gotten so strong that the only place that I can hurt myself is in the gym mm. because nothing else like getting out of the car doesn't hurt me. I mean, barring like getting in a car accident, I haven't been hurt out in public. I haven't been hurt at jujitsu. I haven't been hurt doing anything because I've got my muscles and my bones have gotten so strong. In my opinion, I've gotten so strong that I just can't get hurt doing my daily life. And what kind of stuff um, would, uh, in, and, what, in which, in what kind of ways would you get hurt before getting strong? Oh, all sorts of ways. Doing stupid stuff as a twenty-year-old, falling off of stuff, um, falling down. You know, I, I worked in a steel mill, and I would um, occasionally get hurt doing stuff there. Um, I broke my hand snowboarding when I was eighteen. I'd get, you know, I'd be doing jujitsu, and I'd get musculoskeletal injuries. I don't, I never get injured at jujitsu anymore. And I used to when I started in 2010. I have the same experience. And I just don't. It's just I just don't get hurt at jujitsu. And, and a part of that is that I'm smarter about it too. But part of it's that I'm that I'm much much stronger. And, and you know that physical stuff and just being able to to interact with my environment in a way that that eliminates distractions. Hmm. I don't think about like when my mom wants me to carry the 50 pound salt bag down in the basement to. Uh, to the, the water softener for the, for the water. I don't think about it. Mm. I just pick it up and I take it downstairs and I put it there. And that's how basically all of my life is when I need to hang a sign for the starting strength gym or, or pick up a door. Uh, I just pick it up and I just walk away. You know, I just like picking up a tissue box. That's what it's like. And I just don't really think about it much. It's, it allows me to focus on what's important to me mm. and allows me to do so much more and all that physical stuff aside. I mean, um, which, and, and frankly, like, you know, we talk about strength and its effect, but like, I, I like the way I look, hmm. I look pretty good. I think I look pretty good without a shirt on. Hmm. I got a little ab line. I got big arms. I know I've got a bit, I've got a really big back from the lats and, uh, I'm sure I look a little fat in the video because that's how video works. But I, I, I feel good about the way I look. Well, the YouTube commenters um, will, will uh, share their opinions for sure. That's, so. 
Get, oh, give us, I just care what my wife thinks mostly. Yeah. <laughs> I just care what my wife said thinks. They so could my see wife, my belly from, 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 from me sitting in my chair. <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just a wallowing slob. Um, Slavenly. Yeah, you you look good, man. Slavenly. You look uh, you look muscular, Thanks. broad shoulders. Um, so so aesthetics, uh, injury prevention, capability, yep. and uh, you mentioned you got off SSRIs. So and I know yeah. you've written about and, this. You've written about depression and strength yeah. training. Um, strength training isn't isn't the silver bullet, but uh, it certainly helps. So tell me, that's my point of view. What's what's yours? No, it's the same thing. And like I haven't. Um, I'm trying to even think of a time. I, I don't think I've ever left a workout feeling worse than when I got there, except maybe, maybe when I get hurt or maybe when something just doesn't go to my liking, but that's a mental frustration. According, like I feel good. If I'm in a crappy mood and I go work out, I'm in a crappy mood for about a half an hour and then I'm in a better mood and I'm in a better mood and then I finish my workout and I feel good and I'm ready to take on the world and do, do whatever I want. And I feel, I feel solid. And that's how it's always been. You know, it's always been helpful from the mental side. And, um, I, you know, I think, I think lifting and jujitsu have made me more patient, have made me, um, kind of calmer throughout the day. I don't really have like a chip on my shoulder. I don't feel the need to impress anyone. I don't feel the need to show anyone up or anything like that. I just, I just do what I want to do. And, um, I don't really, worry too much about what people say that's a really except for the people point. i care about I care, that that means a lot to me you know yeah that's a really good point you made there um i hadn't thought about it in those terms before but um i know i had this experience and uh being around a bunch of young men i, I believe that it's not unique to me or to you but um when you're mm -hmm. young and you haven't accomplished anything you've got a whole bunch of testosterone and confidence um there's an insecurity attached to that and and uh and a lot of a lot of guys feel like they have to prove themselves, whether it's conscious or subconscious. Um, and it seems to me that when you prove your when you prove to yourself what you're capable of, that kind of goes away. Uh, the insecurity kind of yep. dissipates because you know you're capable. You know you're you're confident. You know you have the ability to do hard things. You know you have the ability to defend yourself. Um, and so it, it kind of. Uh, removes the, I mean, we've, we've all seen it. Like the, the insecure guy puffing his chest out. He's got no idea how to fight and has mm. never lifted a weight in his life. It's, it's, it's laughable. Um, and it's, it's good that you, uh, that you've come along and you've, you've been able to overcome that. What, what, how has it changed about the way you feel about yourself? Cause I know that depression, um, is, uh, is low self image or low self worth or some combination thereof. What, what has, uh, other than, you know, you feel better because you know, you're capable and you feel better because you, you look better. Um, how has it changed the way that you feel about yourself? Well, it's, I mean, it's been an immediate hormonal change. You know, every time you work out, it changes how you sleep. It changes how you feel instantaneously. And when you sleep well, you, you know, you do better or you, you feel better throughout the day. But as far as like self-image and everything, I mean, I, um, even when I was strong, I, I had, I had depression that created insecurity and anxiety that manifested primarily as paranoia, uh, like really bad paranoia. Hmm. And once I got that treated, which I'm currently being treated and that, that works really well and I feel awesome. Um, I feel like I, you know, like I did, uh, when I was 18 and I, I, and, I, and even back then I was like pretty anxious and, and depressed from time to time. 
but um, I don't think my depression has ever manifested as like low self-worth. It's more of like all life is worthless Mm. and nothing matters and nothing has any point. So like, I don't, it doesn't matter how I feel like I'm, everyone is worthless Mm. and ever, no one matters. And, um, so it didn't really, I don't think it really affected my mental image in that sense, except, except the whole thing, you know? And, and as a result that changed my behavior and my actions. And, um, you know, I still, I still, even within that, I had ambivalence because I believe that, but I also care about the people that I love and I care what they think. And, um, I think probably the, I would say, you know, to really get to the core of your question, how has it changed kind of my mental capacity or my mental being? It's, it has made me more willing to open up to the people I care about, which I've always had problems with. Hmm. I've always been like very shelf, like, like shut myself in and shut down and don't share. Um, and very kind of stoic in that sense about the things I really care about, the things I'm worried that my loved ones are going to, are going to think and, um, getting into a better mental state with lifting too, has allowed me to kind of open up and to, to not be afraid that what I'm going to say is, um, is going to cause some catastrophe, you know, that like, I, like I have self-worth that I, uh, like I deserve things to be different in my relationships that I don't have to tolerate certain behaviors. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. For and, you, and it's, it's impossible to divorce this. It's impossible to divorce this from both, you know, the testosterone treatment that I've had and the therapy that I've had, they all, they all work together, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't want to, I don't want to give this impression that, that lifting is this like magic cure all that's going to make all your depression go away and everything, but it absolutely does help. Yep. And it absolutely has made me feel better about myself because I, you know, I see uh, the way men treat their wives, a lot of the way a lot of men treat their wives and, and, um, and even like the way men are physically incapable a lot of times. And, and that makes, I know like have a roundabout way. It kind of makes me feel good. Cause I'm like, Oh no, like I'm doing good stuff. Mm-hmm. I treat my wife. Well, I try my best and I'm capable and I'm capable of protecting her and protecting, uh, you know, our family and everything. And, and, I get to see that comparison and that makes me, that makes me feel good. Oh yeah. Um, so you mentioned you're on testosterone. I, I assumed you were when you, when you were talking about, uh, this treatment you're on that has helped your psychological yeah. state. That typically is what people say. Uh, Rip, Rip is right about that too. Um, yep. what, 30 hours, what, 30 uh, yeah. hours from the first, uh, Just, I'm not kidding. No, I, I thought, I thought Rip was exaggerating. Yeah. That's a pretty common experience. A lot of people yep. think Rip is exaggerating. Yep. <laughs> um, in general, you know, not just this, but but yeah. for the sake of uh, of uh, data integrity, tell me what your PRs are without testosterone. Uh, that, well, you already heard them. Oh, okay. So you hit the squat, deadlift, those press, were and bench. Those are pre-testosterone. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, which means. I, where are we going? (laughs) Where are we going? What's your training like now? Tell us about your programming. Um, how often you train, all that kind of stuff. So I'm on a four day split. Four day split is an excellent way to live. If, uh, you are able to, if you're able to do it that way. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm coming back off of, uh, a, a really stressful time, uh, the end of last year. And, uh, I had to, it was another one of those things that kind of disrupted training. So I'm kind of working my way back up. I'm not doing too bad. I got a 460 squat, 
Um, my deadlift is getting a little higher, but I was a little, I've kind of backed off on that for a couple of reasons. And, um, I'm still pressing, um, you know, 275 and I'm working back up on top of that. The bench, I'm about to bench more than I've ever benched. So that's exciting. I'm going to hit uh, 395 pretty soon. And that 390, I told you that was, a, that was a recent, a relatively recent PR. So actually I, I, I misspoke about that. That is a post treatment PR. What's your pre-treatment um, bench? I, you know, I think like the same, like yeah. five pounds less, Sure, you know, gotcha. three, 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 six, three seventy-five, some, something in there. Gotcha. Um, and you know, as far as like trying to treat this stuff over the years, like I was on SSR SNRIs for a while and, uh, that helped to like level me out, but it wasn't, it didn't do as good of a job. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. It, it did what I needed for the time to not like kill myself, mm. but that was about it, you know, and knowing what I know now, um, I would, um, I would have tried testosterone or at least gotten measured. And, and it's all because of rip that I, um, that I got on, you know, TRT and I feel the way I do now because I got off of SS, SNRIs and had about the worst month of my life. Uh, going into withdrawal on those and um you know after i after i got on testosterone it's just man it's so much i can't even i can't even imagine what the last eight years would have been in my life if i had um you know gotten on on that instead of the snris so well i'm kind of glad you were dragged through the mud i think that's useful i think uh i think when when things are sweet and wonderful it makes them even better when you have uh some real yeah. negative shit to compare it to, especially if it lasted for a long time, because even the most mundane positive things in a day will really make you appreciative and grateful. At least that's been my experience. Um, and by the yeah. way, I should, I should let the, the audience know that, uh, when I first came across you, it was on the forum. You're this guy that's got a gym called <laughs> you know, black metal strength. Um, yep. and I could just tell by your tone on the forum, like this, this dude is talented, but he is not happy. Um, and so I contacted you way back when, uh, I had, I had a feeling we might work together someday just because you're competent and you're in the community, but it, it you know, the, the intention was just to kind of say hello and, and check in on you. Really. It's like, you seem like a good dude, and, but and I was so suspicious. Oh, I could tell. Yeah. I remember when you, I remember when you called and I was like, why is this guy calling? Why is he being nice to me? <laughs> Like what is happening? I, uh, Why would anyone be nice to anyone ever? Right, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, we just got to talking and and built a good friendship. And then, um, yeah, you were you were working at the steel mill at the time. And then uh, and then you got in touch with me, like I said, and asked for some advice about quitting and starting a coaching practice, which I which I was flattered by. I'm glad you asked asked me for input. I'm glad we spoke. And um, and I I. I heard your analysis and your plan in terms of finance and growth. And it's like, shit, this guy's in his twenties and he's, he knows how to think and he knows how to work more importantly. Um, so at that point I was like, I think this guy is a, is a high potential prospect for us. And based on where you were at in Ohio, I didn't know that, that we'd ever work together. I, I assumed moving probably wasn't on the table. It's not for most people. Um, then you approached me about opening up a gym and I, I gave you a few options on what markets I would do if I were in your shoes. And then you picked Indianapolis and, uh, Shit, man, here you are, starting strength gym owner, starting strength coach. I'm in the gym. Um, I'm you're, here. You're strong. Uh, you're happy. Um, doing what you love. You're you're grateful. It's um, it's a it's a great turnaround story, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. and I I mean, 
I, um, I really can't thank enough the people who have been supportive in my life. And I know, I know that's just like a stereotypical thing to do, like cliche thing to do, but it really is true. You know, people, people like you, people like Rip, Rip has helped me. Uh, I mean, I can't even, I can't even count the number of times he's helped me with like critical turning points in my life that, um, he didn't need to help me with. So he just, just, he just did. Same. Uh, you know, my, my parents, my wife, who, like, why did she marry me? Like, what was that about at the time? Like, I didn't deserve that, you know? <laughs> and I like, I think back to, especially like when I was, when I was like not happy, like I was not a good partner. Yeah. Like I was, I'm sure I was fine enough, but like, I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's just constantly miserable and just this sad sap. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know how she tolerated it for that long, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm able to be better now toward her than, than I've ever been. So I'm happy about that. Well, she saw potential um, in you and kudos to her for sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that about the, like the analysis, uh, for the gym, because, uh, that's just what I did. Like my job was project analysis. That was part of my job. Mm -hmm. So literally the analysis I sent you, that's just, that was like a small version of it, the, the numerical amount was small compared to a lot of the projects I had done. And I just did the same exact analysis mm -hmm. uh, that I had always done, but this was personal, you know, this meant a lot more. Sure. Yeah. When I'm, so. when I'm evaluating people and their potential, I basically just want to know, can you think for yourself? And, uh, another way of asking that question is, can you perform an analysis and actually enjoy that as an interview question? Um, tell me the last thing that you analyzed and you got right, or tell me the last thing you analyzed that you got wrong, or tell me the last thing you analyzed that is counter to conventional wisdom. Um, and you can learn a lot about a That's person a by the answer to those questions. Um, and you'll be surprised at how few people can actually perform an analysis versus just regurgitating somebody else's. Yep. Um, well, and even, even just financial stuff, just what, what's the thing going to cost? What are the benefits? And then how long is it going to take you to get that money back? Yep. Like a lot of people just don't know how to even, even that kind of basic analysis. A lot of people don't know how to do that or even think, or even think to do it. Is there anything else you want to mention about your logbook? Cause I've got a, I've got another question for you. Um, no, I, I think, I think the first, what we went over in the beginning was very representative of the whole thing, mm -hmm. a synecdoche, if you will. Uh, but I think, uh, there's not really much more to, to go through. I think the only thing is, um, online coaching, sorry, feedback, which in the, which I took in the form of my own video, getting online coaching, getting in-person coaching in addition to the technique, in addition to consistency was what drove my progress to where it is now. Mm -hmm. And you don't give up. But what's your question? Your, your attitude is, uh, oh, is yeah. do not give up. Yeah. I mean, you, I believe you tested out or you at least went to five seminars or you tested five times. Is that four, right? four, four times? I tested four times. Yeah. Only I would say one of which I had no business being a part of, which was the first one. Yeah. And the other two, which, uh, you know, were kind of like, I don't want to say close, but I, You're in, in my in right mind, direction. it was questionable yeah. Yeah, in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. And every, and, and what kept me going was every, every evaluation showed that I was getting better. Nice. Nice. Yeah. The, uh, I'm, I'm mentioning these things because, um, 
for the young men listening that are trying to get their shit together, the, the traits that they can, um, uh, that they can emulate are, are the ones that got you to where you are, namely consistency, um, tenacity, and, uh, mm-hmm. and being able to think for yourself, you know, those, those seem to be the, the consistent yeah, and, themes. And for big, for big stuff, if I want it, I don't, I don't really accept that I'm not going to be able to work toward it in a meaningful way. That's going to get it, get me to it someday. Sure. Yep. I am, uh, I'm know, just as if it's really important are, and it's only yeah. delusional until you, you get it done. Um, yep. and then you're creating your own reality, which is, which is very satisfying. Um, so my last question for you is, and be as detailed as you'd like, if you had to do this all over again, or if you had someone, you know, your Ooh. doppelganger comes to you <sighs> in your gym, it's a very similar situation, same age. What would you do differently? And that's a tough question because there's so much in my life that has created who I am today that to disrupt any one of those elements would like fundamentally change who I am. But so let's I answer guess, this question in a vacuum. What would you do specifically in regard okay. to your program? I, I would, if your goal was to optimize strength gains and it wouldn't change any of your experiences and who you are now. I, I would say if, if a guy came in and, and the, the rapport were there, because this is kind of a sensitive topic or a sensitive, like, thing to recommend is I would say I would have gotten my testosterone tested earlier and I would have considered doing, I would, that's, that's the first thing is I would say, I would just want to get eyes on that. Um, and just see what the numbers are, but that's more for your psychological situation, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So what about, what about purely programming? What about just be consistent, be consistent and, um, get help get help from someone else. And if they're there getting help from me for programming, be consistent, just be consistent. Don't go do CrossFit. Don't go screw around with other stuff. Don't do inappropriate programming like five, three, one, when you're a novice, do the starting straight linear progression, tail end it with heavy, the, the heavy light setup, go into an intermediate program and keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, and when you uncover problems, fix them and then keep going and don't, don't take a month, don't take a month off. Yep. Bree, you know. please link to the, uh, how to do the starting strength novice linear progression podcast that Nick and I did. So if people want detail, explicit detail on how to run that without just doing a wholesale program hop, like Andrew and I mistakenly did, yeah, they oh can listen to that episode so many times and, and, uh, hopefully save themselves some heartache. Um, Andrew, if, uh, if people that are not in Indianapolis want coaching from you, do you have any room on your online coaching roster? Not at the moment. Okay. No, okay. Uh, that might change. Uh, yeah, I, I, oh, sorry, I says I know it will change in the future, mm-hmm. but right now I'm trying to get. And even when you when you post this in uh, in the future, mm-hmm. uh, at that time I might not, not even be taking on a lot of people, but I'll be working on our core offering, which is the in person classes. And everything that goes along with that, um, online coaching will come shortly after that. But um, right now, for the foreseeable future, I'm not taking more online clients. However, if you send me an email, I'm going to respond to it for sure. Yep. If you want advice about lifting, if you want advice about stuff, um, you know, send send me an email. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. If it's more sensitive and you want to talk on the phone, that's fine. Um, if I get flooded, you know, it might take a little minute. 
uh, take take a little bit, but um, just a perif- just a, a brief kind of overview. I'd be happy to just talk. I'll talk to anyone about anything. Yeah, for this kind of stuff. And guys, um, you know, if you if you do have questions for Andrew, I prefer that you ask him on the forum so that everybody else can benefit from uh, from yeah. Andrew's expertise. And feel free to call Andrew out specifically in your question if you want him to answer. He's on the forum quite a bit. Yeah, um, I'm on there all the time. I'll see it. Do you want to share your email in case someone um, has a more sensitive question for you? Yeah, it's a Lewis L A L E W I S yep. at startingstrengthgyms.com or ssgyms.com. Both will work if you want to say yeah or ssgyms.com. A Lewis at ssgyms.com. But yeah, you know you're absolutely right. If it's not if it's not specifically a sensitive topic, post it on the forums. Yeah, because I guarantee you, someone else has the question you have. Sure. Yeah, and search first, by the way. Um, yes, search first and read the studio. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, when your gym is open, you will offer online coaching. It may not be directly through you, but it'll be through one of your staff. And so this, yeah. this podcast episode will come that's, out that's around your opening time, I'm guessing. So ndindy.ssgyms.com uh, is the, is the URL. Um, yep. and then, and uh, if you are, if you're, you know, if you're on the fence about coming in, just, just come in once yep. you don't need to come in and sign up or anything like that. But I'm telling you, like, our coaching team is good. I got some great guys lined up. I promise you, if you've been at other gyms, if you've been at Orange Theory or 24-Hour Fitness or whatever, any of these places, they do not care about you as, as much as I will when you come in. Yeah, that's When sure. I have a client, they are the most important thing uh, in my world at that moment. And and I care so much about my clients. It is uh, um, uh, like we're going to blow you away, I promise. Yeah. I, you I had, can't understand that. Double your money back guarantee at your old gym, didn't you? Yes. And I was charging $600 a month. Yeah. 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 If you're in or near Indianapolis, uh, get in touch with Andrew. Email him. Sign up for the early interest list at the website. Um, by the time this launches, we'll have uh, free 30 minute coaching sessions nationwide for, for new people. And the reason for that is because. Um, it's hard to articulate what we do and and how important the services that we offer, and so we just we just try to get people in the door so we can show them ourselves, and then things uh, things materialize from there pretty pretty automatically, I would say. Um, any closing words, Andrew? Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't mentioned? Be consistent. Yeah. Keep training consistently. Don't take don't take time off if you don't have to. Give us your social media handles, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, everything's starting strength Indianapolis. Uh, all the iconography is the exact same. You'll see it on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, even LinkedIn starting strength Indianapolis. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your story, Andrew. And thanks for digging through all that old data. Oh, my pleasure. And when you see guys yeah. like you in the gym that are, you know, pulling 600 plus and squatting 500 plus, it's hard to imagine that, that a person like that started, you know, with a 115 pound squat. But they did because we all do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took it took Andrew the better part of ten years to to get there, and that's because along the way it was trial and error and learning. But um, the point here is, if you are consistent, if you learn the technique, if you get your programming dialed in, if you follow Andrew's advice, um, you can become a much better, bigger, stronger, more confident, more capable, more resilient version of yourself. And um, if you can do that, and the cost isn't very high, and it's not. Um, then you should, why not? So hopefully you all are inspired by Andrew's story. Um, and we'll have him on again. If you have anything you want to hear from Andrew about his background, his career, a particular topic, just let us know and, and we'll do another episode. So Andrew, thanks for your time, man. 
Oh, my pleasure. It's literally my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. See you. It's fun.